Okay. Yo, everybody. Welcome to this surprise edition of MuggleCast. I'm Ben Shane. And I'm, um... Oh, yeah, Andrew Sims. And today, joining us is Matthew Vines from Veritaserum. And he's he's already seen the movie, and we're going to be having a nice little chat about it. How you doing, Matt? Good, thanks. Oh, okay. So, with that in mind, like... I don't think there's anything to discuss. If you want to hear about Harry Potter news or anything else, listen to the other podcast. Okay. <laughs> Let's get down to business. Matt, what did you think of the movie? Tell well, us. you know, to be honest, it pretty much sucked. <laughs> Ooh. I, I was... Take that, WB. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. It was pretty much the best thing ever. Did you cry? <laughs> you know I did, which is strange, because I never... <laughs> Well, I never cry during movies. Movies just don't. I, I I didn't cry in the book when Cedric died. But are we are we jumping right to the end then? Because actually, no. I, I do have something to say about that. Because I yeah, I loved the way they did the whole death thing. It because you know how in the book it's just really cut and dry, and it just happens and it's over with, and it's just you know it's pretty harsh. You know, it's just kill this bear, boom, he's dead, and that's it. That's the end of Cedric. You know, there's no sappy romance scene at the end and then he falls off a mountain or something. Yeah. It just happens like that. And they keep the whole kill the spare line in the movie and, and he just, you know, falls over dead. It hits him. Psh, he's spread eagle on the ground. It was pretty awesome. And But the, see, that wasn't sad because, you know, psh, he's just asleep. But, but then you get back and, you know, Voldemort's resurrected, blah, blah, blah. And then, well, this is where it was actually pretty chilling is because... Um, you, you know, they, they get on the port key, and they get back to, uh, I think there's a picture of this online somewhere. Um, they get back in the center of the third task stadium, and everyone's cheering, and, there's, and the band is playing happy music, and everyone's clapping and screaming. He's like, happy screaming. And, um, you know, everyone's really excited, because they think they just both won. And then this cheering kind of, like, subsides, and Fleur then... Oh, that, oh, okay. Then, then she just like lets out this really high pitched scream because she realizes what happens, and then you know, and then everyone starts to realize that he's dead. And Amos Diggory then comes out of the crowd, and that's that's the part that really gets to you, because because they totally left out the stuff at the beginning where Amos is being a real jerk to Harry and is like, oh, my son beat you, because then he, then you wouldn't feel for him very much. So he's nice to Harry in the whole movie. And it's just it's just right, right. Yeah, it's just ah. Uh. Phenomenal. Yeah, that was just that was really of, sad, yeah. actually, because uh, yeah. Okay, you'll have to. Okay, Andrew has a question. Okay, so you saw the movie twice. Was there anything that you noticed the second time around differently um, from the first time? Yeah. Oh, uh, let's see. Seeing in the Great Hall, I noticed a sandwich tray floating by in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess so that's what I meant. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's true. So, okay, uh, tell, tell me, how do you, what do you think about Ray Fiennes doing Voldemort? What did you think? Um, I was pretty nervous about that um, because they, if they got Jim Carrey or someone like Jim Carrey to be Voldemort, it would have killed the entire movie. You know, you can't have some little. Well, Jim Carrey's a joke. Yeah, in a good one. But anyway, yeah, but so well, what do you think I, about? I've always liked how Ray, Ray Fiennes, Fiennes do it, but you know you. You really need to be able to capture the character because there's so many layers to it. You know, you need to know his motivation to really understand how you're going to act it out. And, oh, I was so impressed. I was so impressed. He he really made the movie for me. And I'm just... He didn't overdo it at all. But, you know, he, he just... 
he just did the right amount of everything. Mm-hmm. And ugh, the part where he puts his foot on Cedric's face after you know after he's dead, and, and he just like he just puts his foot on his face and just like turns it over, and it's just so heartless, but so cool. Yeah, <laughs> and so awesome. Now, have you seen that new picture that got out today from like a French magazine? That Th- that's not Lord Voldemort. No, no, no. Yeah. Okay, I think that's a Death Eater, but we never get that close up at a. We never we never see a Death Eater that close. You know the part in one of the trailers. There's how many of them? Fifteen, twenty. Um, where like you see that hand gra- grabbing for something and it pulls it off. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. I think it's, I don't know what which one it's in, but that's Voldemort pulling off one of the Death Eaters' masks. And when he pulls off their masks, they like drop to the ground. I guess they're in agony or something. I don't know. That was not in the book. But and they added in a female Death Eater too. Thought that was interesting. And it's also, not what do you like? I like. Can you tell me like what they changed from the book to the oh. movie? Like what got lost? What were the, the biggest changes? <laughs> yeah, well, the, the biggest, biggest changes. cuts. You know, we all know Spew got cut. The Dursleys got cut. Blah, blah, blah. Quidditch World Cup got cut. Um, well, okay. Um, I have to what? explain there. Oh, the Quidditch World Cup didn't completely get cut, but you don't see any of the actual match. Like, you see all the pregame stuff. The leprechauns dancing around the air. Crumb coming in, doing some awesome flips on his broom. And they're like, woo. And then Cornelius Fudge is like, and let the match begin. And then it's over. And then you just go straight to the Death Eaters. Because, you know, t- the, the match really has nothing to do with the book. It doesn't, right. it doesn't affect at the, at the so end, they just skip the match. Well, what about the dream scene at the beginning? Is that pretty cool with Frank Bryce? Oh, yeah, Frank Bryce is in it. He's in the first scene. Oh, the first scene was really cool, just the way they did it. It's very thriller-ish. And does, does Harry wake up at the Dursleys? No, he wakes up in uh, Ron's room. And and No, I mean, I, I meant, sorry, I meant, did, did he wake up? Yeah, did he wake up at the Weasley? Yeah, and then he's like, oh, scary dream, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so... And what about the ministry reaction, like, at the end? Like, you know, the the parting of the ways or whatever? Yeah, I was a little disappointed that got cut. Um, Because then you have to include the beginning of the fifth movie. And, you know, they also left out a couple big things I wasn't expecting them to, like the fact that Barty Crouch Jr. dies. Um, That's left out. All you see of him is Snape and him in a room alone. And then that's all you, you say, and he's still alive then, so... If you haven't read the book, you would just assume he's still alive, and oh, he might come back in number five. And they had left out Rita Skeeter being a beetle. They yeah, did, but huh? Miranda Richardson rocks. She rocks the house, the hizzle. <laughs> so for those you don't know, Miranda Richardson played Rita Skeeter, just to clarify that. What? Yeah. Oh, I was just clarifying for the listeners that Miranda Richardson... Played Rita. Rita if you Skeeter. don't know that Miranda Richardson plays Rita Skeeter, you don't deserve to be seen in the movie. <laughs> oh, ooh. <laughs> and if you don't I know that, that William Melling plays the new first year named M- Nigel, you don't deserve to be seeing it either. Actually, I'm kidding there. Oh. Because who knows that? Um, but he's cute. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> Warner Brothers is going to be losing a lot of money if, if you go by Matt's rules. <laughs> yeah. I'll be the so, only person in the theater. <laughs> you and you and Eric Skull. <laughs> yeah. What about what about Dumbledore? What about Dumbledore? Okay, that I didn't like at all. Better than POA? Oh, huh? well, I love Michael Gambon. Gambon, whatever. How you say his last name? I don't know. But 
But he, was he better than Well, POA? he had a lot more screen time. But I kind of hated what they did with his character. Um, and it's not his fault. He did a good job acting it out, but I mean, this is... Like, they, they just made him too weak in this one. And Harry sees lots of flaws in Dumbledore already. And Dumbledore's indecisive. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know everything. And, you know, in the fourth book, he's not. In the fourth book, he is, you know, almighty. Yeah. So, I, what about the scene with Harry in the prefect's bathroom? Well, what did you think about seeing Harry with his shirt off? <laughs> uh, well, Moting Myrtle certainly had some thoughts on that subject. <laughs> I was just kidding. Yeah, jeez. Do you have any questions? Like, like when you went in the movie, you know, it was sort of you like you had all these things lingering in yeah, your mind. Yeah. Um, like, what's going to go on here? Was any of that answered? Well, the one big thing I was worried about besides Voldemort was that the action would completely dominate the movie, and it would just turn into one of those stupid summer blockbuster things that has no substance. You know, because the, the mm-hmm. book has so much action, and Newell was always talking about how he just, you know, chopped out all the subplots to make it a thriller, which could be really cool, but that it could also be really stupid, you know? Just like, oh, let's have action, let's have a dragon, let's have mermaids, blah, 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 well, where's the plot? But, no, um, they actually did a really good job of incorporating enough to give it a really strong base, substance, whatever. So, so do you think they did a, did a pretty good job being able to transfer over a 735-page book to a two-and-a-half-hour movie? Well, do you think that the, uh, it was reasonable the way they did it? Pretty much, pretty much. But I still think they should have opted for a three-hour movie. I mean, Lord of the Rings is, what, like six hours on the DVDs and three-and-a-half hours in the theaters. And those were really, really successful. Oh, well. Oh, well. They still don't get it. Do you talk a little bit about how, like, have, have there been any changes in, like, the acting, like, of the, the trio from Prisoner of Azkaban to Goblet of Fire? Like, have they improved a lot, or have they sort of stayed um, the same? Or what do you well, think? Well, let's see. Dan's crying scene is a whole lot better than it was in the third one. Thank goodness. Because that was embarrassing in the third one. Well, what does he say? There's some line he says, they killed my parents or whatever. Well, no, we're, yeah, and he's Doesn't just he like... Does he say that in every movie? He, he's just kind of <laughs> yeah. like sniffling, and he's like... <laughs> and then, he, then you know, Hermione goes, pulls off his cloak. Does he have any tears? No. And he's just like, I'm yeah. going to find him and I'm going to kill him. Yeah. I'm going to find him, and when I do, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> yeah. Time. No, um... <laughs> Yeah, so that that was the lamest thing in the third movie. And I remember some interview where Alfonso Cuaron was like, yeah, they really had to dig deep for those emotional scenes. I think they did a great job. <laughs> no, that was the worst thing about the third movie. Like, I, I was really embarrassed to watch it in the theaters with other people because, you know, I'm watching that movie and thinking, oh, never mind, never mind. But this one was a lot better. Like, he still got, he still got some, some room to improve with his crying. But, um... <laughs> Let's see, one thing that made it better is that um, he actually had something real to cry about in this one. <laughs> Where in the last one's like, oh, Sirius Black is my godfather, let's cry. <laughs> you know? And, and the audience well, doesn't really feel for him in the third one when he's crying. It's like, who cares? Um, were, there, were there any corny parts, like in Prisoner of Azkaban, where he's like, woohoo, I'm flying <laughs> on a hippogriff. I'm king of the world. Well, you know, I actually didn't <laughs> were there think that was that like corny. That? I kind of like that part. But, um, 
Well, there is one line that some people might think is corny. I actually didn't think it was that corny. I liked it. It's just when Harry walks into the Weasley's tent and is like, whoa, this is like five times bigger than it looks. How cool is that? He, he has his line. He's like, I love magic. And I don't know. He does it pretty well, actually. You could have done it really cheesily, but I like the way he did that. So um, no cheesy parts are coming to mind, but I think there were a couple. <laughs> I think we need to go back to the graveyard scene. Tell, like... Just can you give us a description of what happened there? Um, okay. Big spoiler right here. Voldemort comes back. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So what did you think about the way that Steve Clovis interpreted the whole graveyard scene where Wormtail was brewing the potion, the bone of the father, the blood of the enemy, the flesh of the enemy, all that? Was, what, what did you think? It was so creepy. I actually, uh... I acted out that scene tonight what are, what are, at this Halloween party, but never mind, because they had a spare bone there and a cauldron. So well, what, what, did you, what did you think when um, he cut his own arm off? Did that, that get pretty well, bloody? No, you, or you don't see the like... blood. You, you see him bring the knife down till it's like really, really close to his arm, and he's moving it really fast, and then it switches. Because, you know, you don't want to risk an R rating. Have all this blood and guts, yeah. And no one needs to see the blood streaming out to get the idea that he just cut his wrist off, or cut his hand. So, off. what about the pri like the priori incantatum? Like, mm -hmm. did like the spirits come out and all that? Well, or? there was one thing where I think they should have included in that that they didn't, which is um, how it picked up Voldemort and Harry and like transported them away from the Death Eaters. They didn't include mm -hmm. that, but they did have the nice little ring. It it took a while for it to form, but they eventually got the nice ring around them. And then uh, Adrian... Did Harry's parents yeah, come out? Adrian Roll Rollins and Jerem something Somerville. <laughs> Sorry, I don't remember their names. I don't deserve to be seeing the movie. But, um... They, yeah, they came out, and they were just like, Ah, uh, Harry, you don't have much time, but we'll give you time. Go back to the porky. Um... Yeah, and then Harry, Cedric was just like, bring my body back, Harry, bring my body back. So that's pretty much yeah. all the same. And then, but Harry didn't have any trouble getting back to the porky like he did in the book. He was just, he didn't even have to think. He was just like, Osio. Yeah. What about um, Stanislav Ainevsky, whatever I can pronounce his name. What? Yeah, um, Stanislavski. What, what did you think? How how did he do crumb? Was he he it only good? had one line. Really? Well, which was? I, I think it. Hermie, 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 Hermione. What do you mean? It only had. He that, only that's Grop's line. line. But um, it's just. Hey, have you ever heard him talk in the TV spots or trailers? No. He doesn't yeah, do much true. talking, because you know that one clip that was released in that huge batch the other day where Hermione was saying something about he's more of a physical being or something, which is true in the movie. He has one line. That's Tarita Skeeter. He's just like, "Get out of our tent! It's for it's for champions and friends of champions." Yeah. <laughs> Does Hagrid make a uh, some good appearances? <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, with the Yule Ball, obviously. Yes. Um. Well, he doesn't do all that much in the Yule Ball, but you get a whole well, lot of the we've Hagrid. We've seen a lot of. Well, you just there's, there's just that one shot of him and Madame Maxime dancing, but that's it. Oh, right. He doesn't have any, and and they cut out the whole. Oh, he's a giant thing. So so where right. does he play a big role? Um, it, it, and it's uh, let's see. There's a couple scenes that um, well, like the one that was on extra, I think, or E or something. Well, you know, with the one where Harry goes to see the dragons, and then and if, you know, Hagrid's got the flower on him, and 
and then Harry sticks his tongue out. Oh, that might not be. I don't know if that's in the clip or not. But you know, Harry sticks his tongue out because he's disgusted that he's in love. But but the funniest part is when Madame Maxime like takes something out of Hagrid's beard and eats it. It's oh. so gross, but it's so funny. How, how does the how does the movie end? Out of curiosity, like how does um, like how do they end at the very end? Yeah. Well, let's see. That. They added in some stuff that wasn't there and cut out a lot that was, with the end at least. Um, you know. Well, you have. Can you describe how it is? You have the whole Cedric um, honorary thing in the Great Hall. Everything's black. And then Dumbledore's like, blah, blah, blah. We need to band together. Like some stuff he actually says at the beginning of the fifth book. um, About, you know, we're we're strongest united. Blah, blah, blah. Things that George Washington said centuries ago. Um, What about, like, Hagrid saying, well, I have to base. Like, at the end of the fourth book, it doesn't Hagrid basically tell Harry. Um, what happens happens, and we'll have to cross that bridge when oh, we come psh, to they it. Oh, cut that. But um, Dumbledore does have some nice lines, and he was something. He was ah, uh, Cedric was a fierce friend, and then and then he says something about um, blah blah blah, right to the burning end. And then they have they look at the sun streaming into the room, and then it switches to Harry packing up in his dormitory, and Dumbledore comes in and is like, ah, I hate these curtains. You know, I burned them in my fourth year by accident, of course. Blah blah blah. Like that was so not there. And and, th- and then he tells Harry. Then this is the line that's in the very first trailer. Um, Dark and difficult times lie ahead, Harry. Uh, soon we must face the choice between what is right and what is easy. What's funny, at one of the screenings, some person was just like, mm, mm, amen. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> okay. But yeah. Well, what, what about when um, when Dumbledore like announces Harry Potter, you know? When like oh, when, when, yeah. Harry, when Harry's name comes out of the, the Goblet that's of Fire. An- like, we, we see the reaction to some extent, but you go like more in depth, like further after it happens, like yeah. the Snape go um, off like, and th- that's all that. That's another thing that I didn't like about Dumbledore's character. They made him untrusting. Like, in the book, he knows Harry doesn't put his name in, and he doesn't even question that, you know? Because he, he can read his mind. He just looks into it, and he knows Harry's just as bewildered as him. But in the movie, you know, you see him in the trailer, and he's, like, screaming, Harry Potter! Harry Potter! Yeah. And then and then you get to the scene, um, you know, after that, where Harry walks into the room where the, where the champions are. And then Dumbledore, like, comes in, runs at him, like, lunges at him, and grasps his shoulders, and is, like, screaming in his face, Did you put your name into the Goblet of Fire? Yeah, that, that was a little strange. But they, they oh, they did add this... Okay, must say the adult actors in this are incredible. The, like the ones we've already seen: Maggie Smith, Alan Rickman, Michael Gambon. I mean, Richard Harris. They're all those. They get more screen time this time. These old actors and the new ones are incredible. Richard Harris. Too. Um, you mean Michael Gambon? Did I say Richard Harris? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Richard Harris gets a you lot said of screen Michael time. You don't deserve than Richard. Oh Harris. my gosh. <laughs> you you don't deserve to be seen in the movie. You don't. Well, no, they do have this nice <laughs> this nice time where they go to the. No, that would be mean. Okay, not going there. Um. <laughs> um. Let's see. Let's see. Where was I? Oh yeah, adult actors rock. Anyway, yeah, they have this lovely. It, the movie has really great foreshadowing, like. Not even not just foreshadowing things that come at the end of the movie, but things that come in like books five and six, which I don't know how these are the six stuff because they filmed this all before six came out. Maybe he's just a good with theories. Like um, what, what? What foreshadowed oh, something? The that one thing I loved was there's this scene where um, Dumbledore is. It's just Dumbledore, Mad Eye Moody, McGonagall, and Snape in Dumbledore's office. This is soon after. Um, 
Harry gets selected for the tournament, and Dumbledore is standing by his pensive, and he looks pretty weak, actually. Like, he's not a powerful figure there, which I don't like. But, and, you know, he, he's trying to decide um, what to do, trying to figure out what's going on. And um, so he asks Maddie Moody to keep an eye on him. And then Maddie's, Maddie Moody's like, that I can do. <laughs> and, you know, he kind of has this weird glint in his eyes. And but then and then um, Maggie Smith, I mean, McGonagall, um, she, she, tells, you know, she tells Dumbledore that she really doesn't think Harry should be able to play. It's really dangerous. And obviously he didn't put his name in and someone's trying to mess with him. And then she, you know, and then she was just like, screw Barty Crouch and his rules. And then, but then Snape was like, you know, I think we should let him play. And it was, you know, it's just this, you know, conflict between McGonagall and Sna- uh, Snape. And then Dumbledore goes, I agree. And then after, after, right after McGonagall had something like, so she's happy. But then he goes, I agree, dot, 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 with Severus. <laughs> you know, and that's the whole Dumbledore trusting Snape thing. Maybe too much. We'll see in book seven. But, so that was nice. Um, you know, they did a little too much moody foreshadowing like it was so obvious because you know the scene where you see someone walking outside of hogwarts well that's mm-hmm. moody yeah and then he comes in is it obvious um him? in in the movie i think it's obvious yeah uh, fairly i mean who else in would the trailer? yeah um yeah but and then um he comes into the great hall like during during the during the the Halloween feast. Not Halloween, during the, you know, opening night feast. Opening yeah. feast. And yeah. then right when he comes in, like, the ceiling crashes, and it turns from its nice starry night thing, and it starts pouring, and thunderstorms. <laughs> I mean, it's, come on, that's a little much. That's a little much. And and then, you know, Moody goes over to Double Earth's, like, stupid ceiling. But, um... <laughs> yes, and, and then um, he's always drinking out of his flask. And and Harry was always like to Ron. I wonder what he's drinking. And and then like, M- Moaning Myrtle goes to Harry. Someone's been having polyjuice potion. And then Snape goes to Harry. Someone's been stealing my polyjuice potion. <laughs> you know, it's a little, it's just a little overdone there. But Snape Snape has some nice scenes. The one where he just shoves the Veritas serum in Harry's face and is like, "This is Veritas serum." And I was like, "Woo!" <laughs> dot com. Yeah. <laughs> dot, dot com. Yeah. Uh, um, so, what what about Sirius's uh, appearance? Oh, well, is it disappointing. Well, it you know, sure he actually has more than you think he does because he's got a nice voiceover too when he sends a letter to Harry. He says, uh, "Hey, Harry, um, your mom wanted me to let you know that she wants you to come home for <laughs> Christmas this year." Just kidding, she's dead. Ha ha. Love Sirius. No, I made Seriously? that up. But he does have a voiceover when he sends a letter to Harry, which is nice. And like it's and the voiceover says that. <laughs> no, I made that up. Am I missing it? I don't even remember oh, okay. what the voiceover said because I was like I, I was taking a lot of notes during this, especially the second time around. So I don't remember what he said. It wasn't that important. It was just like ah, be careful, be careful. Um, uh, let's see. Yeah, but then and then you got him in the fireplace, which worked out better than I thought it did. They cut out his really cheesy line, which is in one of the TV spots where he goes. But you can't. You're the boy who lived. They cut that out, oh, and I was like, "Thank goodness." Good. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't quite as cheesy as it as it seems to be in all the spots and stuff. So that was good. I don't know. I was just disappointed by how he looked in the fire. Oh well, it's like he looked like molten lava. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. It, it was an interesting approach. It was different than what I thought it was. And it, you know, if they had me make the movie, I would. It would just be like someone stuck their head through a piece of cardboard or something and it would look dumb. 
of course, this is why they don't have me make the movies. And also, because I don't yeah. know how to make movies. But that's a completely different topic. Um, oh, by the way, who, who is it who plays yes. Barty Crouch Sr.? Uh, Roger Lloyd Pack. You know, he really sucks. Whoa. I why? Some, oh, you told me that the other day. Yeah, yeah. Um, no offense to him or anything. Okay, well, he can take offense if he wants to. But it's just like, <laughs> you know, I was happy when they found his body... In the woods. You're not supposed to be happy at that. Um, <laughs> like, was it that he sucked at acting, or was it that is like, um, you're mad that he... Like, yeah, this is this is one of my first movies. I hope it gives me more opportunities in the future. He just sounds a little desperate. But, um, anyway, like, I expected Barty Crouch Sr. to have, like, a deep, booming voice. You know, to, to be very, um, mm-hmm. authoritative. But he wasn't. Like, I... He sounded like he just swallowed a vat of helium or something. The entire movie. And really? it was just like, okay, um, don't like this guy. And his acting was a little... <laughs> but the, there was one part. There was one scene that I liked his acting in. Just one. Um, and that was when he, he, he kind of looks at Moody. And he just looks at him really strangely. Like, you know, like because he sees his son in him. It's this part where... Because they added in this quirk. That Barty Crouch Jr. has this quirk where um he keeps sticking out his tongue, like not not like na 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 na, but like he just he just kind of <laughs> sticks it out to the left side of his mouth a little bit occasionally, and um there's this part where Moody does that too when he's talking to uh Barty Crouch Sr. and that's when Barty Crouch Sr. just gets like really creeped out, and and the Moody can mm-hmm. tell. That he detected something. That's the scene right before you find his dead body. And, you know, it, it was kind of scary to see his dead body, but I was happy. Um, he, he was the only actor I didn't care for, though. Hmm. And that's saying a lot. Interesting. What about, what about Kaylee, Katie Lung? Um, what do you she, think? She just had a couple lines, too. Um, but, and she has a really thick Scottish accent, as you've heard. Um, she, she, yeah. Like, that one clip that was released where she's like, oh, watch yourself, it's a bit icy on the stairs, which is strange. Or it's a bit icy at the top, because he's already at the top. But, yeah, that, that's that's <laughs> her only scene in the movie. Really. Like, she gets some other looking at him all provocatively, but that that's her only re- real scene where she has lines in the movie. Well, well, there is this one part where, you know, when Cedric dies, and she's all devastated, but <laughs> don't think anyone feels of her after yeah. reading Order of the Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, okay, so she was good though. Like, if you were to compare this movie to the other three, where would you rank it? Uh, well, definitely a whole lot better than the first two, and I liked it better than the third one too. Which is saying a lot because I, I always go on and on about how much I love the third one. But uh, what is it? Very artsy, like Prison Rescue. I was just gonna mention that. Um. What I liked a lot about the third movie was that Alfonso Cuaron really, like, he changed everything around about the Hogwarts grounds, but it looked a lot better. You know, it just looked much more artistic and gorgeous. Realistic, yeah. And Mike Newell kept that, but he added on to it. Like, because Mike Newell, you know, let's be honest, he doesn't get that much new scenery to work with, you know? Because Hogwarts is all laid out, but he does get the owlery. That's new. And so he he uh, made that his own. He made it like a lighthouse type thing. It's disconnected from all of Hogwarts, but it looks really cool. And, and it looks, you know, it's like another tower, but it's not connected to anything. 
I like the way they did that, though. It looked Is neat. Is WB coming to get you? Oh, <laughs> can you hear them? Well, I'm out, I'm yeah, out on um, my trampoline right now. So <laughs> we heard. Yeah, that is so yeah. Matthew Vines of you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not bouncing now. <laughs> um, this is Matthew Vines weird. podcast. <laughs> yeah. Podcasting live from my trampoline in Wichita, Kansas. That is a new standard. We're always setting new standards. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's see. So uh, now that I think we've covered the movie, like if we have any questions a little bit later, we can go back to it. But Andrew participated in the junket. Matt was at the junket. I was the only one not worthy enough to be there. Or at a debate tournament, so I couldn't. Worthy, so, that's for sure. on me. But hey, you be quiet. <laughs> but um, what what did you think? Like Andrew, he heard their voices, but he wasn't able to see the reaction, oh, yeah. the questions and stuff. And yeah. like, what do you think about the actual like the actors, like Emma Watson, Clement, uh, Posey? Let's see. And, um. I don't want to be too honest about some of them, but... <laughs> no, you do want to be okay, honest. Okay, um, let's see. This is podcasting. There's no rules. Mike Newell, I really liked him. He, 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 had, he had a lot of these big, hearty laughs, and they made me laugh because it's like no one else was laughing at them. It was all these inside jokes, and he thought they were the funniest thing ever, um, <laughs> which, which I, I, I found that funny. Like when he was talking about the script pages that came like six days ago, he just cracked up. And no one else was laughing, which made it a lot funnier. Um, no, but he, he, he was he was really nice. He was genial and welcoming, and he he was he was nice. David Heyman, um, open as always, willing to talk about whatever, which I like. He he always has, you know, if even if the question sucks, he he makes a good answer. Out what of is it. going on over there? <laughs> it's like World War Two. There's like planes flying and sirens going off. Yeah. Oh, um, Matthew Vines is sitting on his trampoline. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Anyway, anyway, go on. Um, I just had see, that that was on press there. conference number one. Then we go to press conference number two. Um, Stan. Eh. Um, he was he was crummish. <laughs> was he crummy? No, no. He, he, well, I guess you could say crummy, but he, you know, he. he I, I just sort of got a feeling that he was like his character. Which, which is, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing. But, you know, he, he wasn't quite as um, charismatic as some of the other people. He was just kind of more, um, I, don't, I don't know what word to use. He, I, I mean, he, he seems nice, but he seemed like someone that you would have to get to know better before you can have, like, long conversations with them. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I um, Then we go to Claymont's Poesy. Um, she speaks English really well. I I was surprised because all of her lines in the movie are in French. She only has a couple though. Are they really? She only has like two lines in the movie. Oh. Um, and I think one of them is her <coughs> when she just. Al, okay, my ears just started to bleed. Yeah, that was when she Thanks finds out what happened to Cedric. I would have done it louder, but it's you know some people might be sleeping. <laughs> so um. <laughs> Yeah, she, she was really nice. I liked her a lot. I liked her a lot, and she was nice when I talked to her afterwards. And then Katie, Katie, don't I don't know how to pronounce her last name. The WB guy there who was introducing them all, oh, completely butchered all of their names. So oh, I can't. Uh, he was just like, and <laughs> Clemens Posey. <laughs> That's not French. Um, Katie Long. <laughs> I don't think it's Long. I mean. 
Yeah, I'm I'm Matthew Hart. <laughs> um, anyway, um, she yeah she she was pretty nice. She wasn't quite as talkative as uh, Robert, who was whoa talkative, but um, you know she she was nice. Interesting. <laughs> okay, well, and, and then the third group. Um, I I think I said this in my report actually because I talked about them for a bit, but Rupert. I don't know. I don't know where his mind was throughout the entire thing. He only answered a few questions. He forgot. <laughs> he forgot what one of the questions was. Yeah, we got off topic there. Yeah, well, that was really. Time, I don't he know. He answered the question, but just an- well, no, he answered a question that was asked like two questions earlier. Uh, and yeah. it was funny because when he did that, Emma Emma leaned to, over to Dan and was just like, "He's answering the wrong question." So, um, okay, so I think that's probably that'll probably. Suffice for our special episode here. That was good. We well, a yeah, we did. Um, if you guys, if all of you listeners want to check over to Matt's site, that's veritaserum dot com. V e i r t a s r i m t dot com. Just kidding. V e r i t a s. Oh, Matt, you spell it. Okay, it's V e r i t a s e r u m. It takes a bit to learn how to spell. But, you know, my goal was that people would finally spell that word right. I was just messing with him. I, yeah, I, used I knew how to spell it. In the early days, I used to have a problem spelling it, too. And I then I finally too. learned it. I almost mistyped it when I was buying the domain name a couple years ago. It <laughs> funny. Sucked. So, yeah, but Matt has his own Harry Potter site. It's a pretty big site. And, yeah, go trek on over there. Take a look. Take a look-see at it. So, with all of that, I think this, this has been quite fun. Thanks to Matt for um, joining us here today and telling us what's up with this movie. Oh, you can go see it November 18th. Just to remind you, we will be doing a podcast live from New York City following the premiere. Matt, aren't you going to be in New York City? Oh, yeah. Are you going to be at the podcast? Or do you have better you, you, things to do? You want me to? Come to the podcast. Well, your bud Eris is going to be here. Yeah, Eris is going to be He's going to be reporting the for VTM on air. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. So, yeah, it looks like Matt's going to be there now. I'm going to make sure he's there. <laughs> looks like that wraps up this Muggle mini-cast. Stay tuned for two more shows, as well as episode 14, all coming within the next 10 days. Good night, everybody.